we're back in the building. It's NFL Draft Talk. You got your host here, quasi-host, whatever the hell you want to call me, Sean Z. Joined tonight by two gentlemen. We got Rue, the returning champions, back. And we got Farky back in back in the building. What's up, fellas? What's going on tonight? I'm excited to uh, have round two with Rue. I listened to his uh, the pod. We popped his cherry, what, last week? And uh, sounded pretty good. He always has some good insight. I know he spends a lot of time on the draft. So, good evening. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Looking forward to it. Uh, ready to get rocking with you guys. Let's do it. So, Rue, Rue cleaned the sheets, got them bleached, yeah. put them back on. Cherry pop, let's roll. We're gonna We're get good it to going, go, man. Yep. I knew Rue was ready when I started seeing his Twitter blow up two days ago with Kyle <laughs> Turley lineman like videos. Ooh. Weren't those sweet though, man? That, that was out? good. Oh yeah. The biggest takeaway from that is if you're a lineman, you're it's the opposite of punching where you're supposed to use your legs and yeah. use your whole like middle half. And it's the opposite of that. It's basically don't overcommit yourself. You've got to be kind of like jabs that that don't get you out of body positioning yeah, that's uh, the worst thing would be is out of balance but i was really hoping that you could do a little uh helmet tossing technique video as well you know with, in there <laughs> you could have thrown that in so yeah. Rue, let, let's maybe real quick before we get into draft talk joe thomas where's he at what's your thoughts what the hell's going on uh you know probably about a month ago i was thinking man this guy ain't coming back i'm looking at him he weighed about probably 225, maybe around 250. But I, you know, I've seen recent picks, and I've heard that he's been in the building three or four days a week rehabbing, and uh, you know, doing the recruiting for obviously uh, uh, cousins and all that. So I'm thinking now that he probably got the medical clear that he's all good to go, and I think he's going to try and make a comeback here, and uh, we'll at least get him for one more year. Yeah, I well, think that's that's the watch. What do you think, Farky? I never really thought he wasn't coming back. Uh, I thought it was, you know, odd that he was spending the amount of time that he was on some of this stuff. But you know, those pictures are strange. I'll tell you, I was it was goofy to me too. I made a comment about that. Uh, two twenty five. Obviously, he wasn't two twenty five a month ago because unless he's doing something really magical, because he's a lot bigger looking now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it will be interesting to watch. I think we will probably get some clarity over the next two to three weeks, and um, we can hopefully, as Browns fans, rest a hell of a lot easier. We'll talk maybe some mocks later later portion of this that yeah. are a little curious um, from one or two people, but the consensus uh, seems to be that we're not going to be looking, you know, tackle left tackle specifically in those top two picks. So yeah, something to continue to watch though. Once you start the league year, I'd imagine we'd hear something. I think it's after the combine. I'd imagine right around then, before they start free agency, we'd probably hear yay or nay from uh, Joe's part, Joe's camp. Yeah, that's when bonuses start to really get kicked in. I think it's the March 15th or something like that. And that's yeah. that's how that Alex Smith isn't completely finalized until they get to that point, too. Yeah. All right, so we're not going to get too much into it tonight as far as our mocks. There's going to be an article out on the website, um, and so follow us on Twitter. You'll kind of see some of that. Uh, so we'll get into kind of some of what we've got, at least for the first 10, 15 picks, first round. I don't have a ton of surprises between the last time we did a pod, maybe about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Maybe my biggest thing is I, I do think Darnold's going one to the Browns. I, I need to see something from Rosen linked to the Browns. It gives me a better feeling. Um, that was maybe my biggest thing. I also have a reaffirmation. You know, Tremaine Edmondson, linebacker, Virginia Tech, is going to be the first linebacker taken. Roquan Smith was a better college linebacker. Edmondson's better translating um, from an NFL fit. Just freak. I also think Denzel Ward is going in the top 10. And I still believe, I don't know how Derwin James doesn't go past 12. We'll get to some of these other mocks, and the consensus right now seems to have them well outside of that. If you can get odds on some of these guys betting-wise, you'd be, almost be foolish not to try and jump on some of them now before this combine because we're going to get the guys that are going to blow up, and he's on my my very short list of, of guys that are going to have a gold star or a couple next to him. What, what about you guys? Any kind of key takeaways from you know the mock process thus far for, from you? 
Well, I've just now got a chance to look at what you guys had um, coming into this tonight, and I didn't necessarily put one together, one through ten. Um, but just a couple that stuck out to me is is I do um, I do agree that Darnold is is probably where the Browns are leaning at one. I'm not going to get into that anymore right now because we're going to probably hit that position here. But then also. Uh, I agree with the James comment. I mean, that, I've, I've stayed high on him, and I don't see how he slips past 12, even 15. But um, from what I've seen with some of these other guys out there, the, the quote-unquote pros, um, yeah, there's some goofy stuff going on around with him. But I think some of those others are locked. Ward's a, a freak. Um, but those are really my two observations from the three you guys put together here early. Roof? Yeah, I think the biggest question, like I said, most of those guys are cut and dry. Is just how many quarterbacks will we see go in the top ten, and where is that 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 pressure point where someone slides back into the top ten to to take one of those guys? I think everyone else is, you know, it's pretty set in stone who our top ten, you know, non quarterback are looking at. And I think you know the consensus from our end is, is no one has a clue what what's where's Josh Allen's going. Um, I think everybody's just trying to shoehorn him into the top 10. But I, I, this draft is is kind of crazy because there's going to be a bunch of guys that should be top 10 picks that are going to go in the teens and a bunch of guys that are teen picks that could fall out of the first round altogether just as teams kind of start to balance a little bit of need and immediate need with with kind of maybe an even playing field or, or even grade out. So it, it bodes well for the Browns sitting at 33 and 35 as, as well in, in the top of the second round after a day of, of the first round. So, again, we, we keep talking at ad nauseum. They control the draft. They control the back end of the second round as well. And obviously, you know, the top end of the, the, the third and fourth. So uh, it, kind of the capper seat to be in, but they got to start getting this shit right. That's right. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's top talk top five quarterbacks. You know, the marquee position. Uh, it's the one that's going to be the headline leading up to all this combine. It'll be re- remains to seen who throws, who goes, what happens. But um, you know, I think there's there's each of us are in kind of a different camp across the board. So just from raw top five, what do you guys got for for your ranking? I got Rosen one. Darnold two, Mayfield three, Allen four, Jackson five. You want any comments, or you just want to hear the list first? Let's just let's run through that. Rue, who uh, you got? That's my exact same list as well. So I've got um, Rosen, Darnold, Mayfield, Jackson, Allen, Rudolph. Uh, Jackson, Allen, Rudolph to me are all are all kind of ranked fourth. Um, just because I don't know that any of them are going to be good good NFL quarterbacks, so I'll just kind of all bracket them together. I'm not in love with Mayfield, but I think if Mayfield slips and goes to the right team, specifically the Saints, uh, Cardinals maybe, I think the fit is a hell of a lot better there. Even the Chargers could be in play in play for him as, as well, you know, kind of that mid-round that he's going to be able to fit, sit, figure out. So, um Farky, you've not been a Rosen ahead of Darnold guy. What's been the pivot here? Well, okay, and, and I kind of wanted to clarify that tonight. So I, I have been on Darnold in terms of the season all year. I've, I've said DLA sucks, but I have stuck behind Darnold because he lost his top three wide receivers going into the season. I, everyone knows how bad their line was. Here's where I stand with them. I put Darnold on my on my top 10 is number one because I think that's where the Browns are leaning. I don't care. And it's a good place for me mentally to be in for this draft. I don't care either one that the Browns take. I think Rosen has the best mechanics and he's the most natural pocket passer in the draft. I think Darnold throws a more accurate ball downfield. And I'm not concerned with this turnovers because it was a complete abortion what he was put into this year. Um, But between those two guys, I don't mind. However, because of the mechanics and, and, watching him as a pocket passer i am gonna as far as talent goes rate rosen one but i think it's a 1a 1b type thing that's that's where i stand right now rue what's your take you're darth vader and into the damn microphone bro what's what's the uh yeah you you sound like a you know a lineman getting through gassers what's your take on the qb position player uh, you know, I, I'm with Farky where, where I think, uh, Rosen and Darnold are one A and one B. Uh, you know, I do think that Darnold's probably got the higher ceiling. Uh, it just, you know, he's not as polished as Rosen is at this point. 
but you know, I'm at the same point where I'm good with either one. Uh, uh, you know, if with the Browns at one, you know, I'm in a good place as well. Uh, you know, after that, Mayfield, I, I just don't know what to think of him. I think a big thing for him is going to be at the combine when he's thrown next to these guys. If his arm really sticks out and, and he's got the same velocity coming out as a, as a Darnold and an Allen, uh, you know, at that point. I don't think it's going to come out like Allen. <clears throat> that said, Josh Allen is the biggest nightmare to me. <laughs> um, let's just get into some of so, so the guys we're going to reference. We're, we're going to reference um, Kuyper, McShay, two ESPN guys. I've got some kind of interesting takes from their mocks, and we've, we've got them up on a sheet. We'll kind of reference them. Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, Charlie Casterly, Charles Davis from the NFL Network. Um, I, I, the first name is now slipping me. It's not AJ because AJ Trapasso played for Pickerington and Ohio State. But there's a writer for CBS Sportsline, Trapasso. He had a mock that was insane to me, um, even crazier than Kuiper. So I had to kind of put it onto our list. So we'll reference that um, and, and those guys across the board here. But let's go to the first target. Number one, he's making the Connecticut circuit for ESPN on every damn show. And he's just bullshit artist after bullshit. Like, he's trying to one-up Bill Polian on stupidity with some of this crap. Mel <coughs> Kuyper is steadfast Josh Allen number one. Premier quarterback. His talent stunk. All of these excuses. He's 56%, but he didn't have easy throws. And yet, I'm looking at the senior bowl, and he can't even throw it into a net five yards away. So, it, to me, it's Derek, Derek Anderson. I don't even know that he's that good. He's maybe a better athlete. But he's not a better pure thrower, um, guys. Josh Allen, and then I'm, I'll leave me a little bit of room to attack Kuiper. But your takes? Uh, okay, this is to me. This is insane. That that's the word that I that I put it with is insane. And it's be, it's because I, take two things. Okay, they take the regular season and they take the Senior Bowl, and I get that. But w- what is the bigger? Sample size. Obviously, it's the season. Okay, so Allen has had, and I know we we kill this to death between our group of buddies about completion percentage. Completion percentage doesn't matter when you're ranking the entire field together because you have different types of offenses, you have different types of throws, different types of players on each team. But if you if you break down each player individually, it does matter for what system they're in and what players they have around them. So Allen has thrown 56% the last two years. That's crap. That's garbage, especially in college. Now, he had the same issue that Darnold had. Darnold had no, no players around him, at least the first two-thirds of the season. I don't even know about Allen because Wyoming sucks. I didn't pay attention to that. But if I go by what they're saying, that he didn't have players, he had to make these throws, okay, well then take those two quarterbacks in comparison. Darnold had a 63% completion percentage, and Allen had a 56% completion percentage. He, they say he's, he had a great senior bowl, he interviews well, he has strong character, and he has a big arm. Well, okay, bullshit, who cares? Uh, I want a good guy, did too. too. Yeah, exactly. I want a guy with good character, but but I want somebody that, that stands in the pocket, makes throws downfield with accuracy, and, and makes plays when plays count. And Darnold has done that in big games at the end of the season the last two years. So um, I, I don't see it. And I'll tell you what, I, I think it's it's simple to be able to identify that just off of the two sample sizes. I don't care about the senior bowl. And Rue, Roethlisberger's allegedly raping bitches all over the place through his early years. He got two Super Bowls. You think I'm giving a shit about, you know, the character of some of these guys? Like, I just want you to go up there on the lake and win some damn games every once in a while. Maybe get a few playoff games and and give me something to maybe do, you know, for the AFC championship game instead of watching the same couple teams play every damn year. Yeah, yeah. We're not asking a lot here. It's just come and be competent. Make some plays every now and again, you know. I, I, I think people went Allen to be Wentz you know, from a few years ago, and I just it doesn't see him. As you switch the the two quarterbacks, uh, you know, put Wentz out of Wyoming. I think Wentz tears it up out there. I mean, they well, just, here here's the thing: Wentz was fantastic. Yeah, for, for and the numbers and everything back it up. Like he played, he was the best player on the field, and he played like it. Allen's supposed to be the best player in the field, and he didn't – like, you watch the Iowa game. Oh, he didn't have any place to go downfield. He didn't make any of the checkdowns, and he's throwing it to Josie Jewell, the linebacker, for, for like, walk-in touchdown. Like, it, it, 
you have to still step like Roethlisberger had a couple bad games, but he also played really well in some games against some big time schools. Yeah. Allen to me just never showed it or hasn't shown it. I, I just don't see it. And they keep running the same one or two highlights. And candidly, they do this for, for Mayfield. ESPN keeps running the same one where he scrambles right and he kind of throws back to the center of the field. That ball's not terribly good. It's just the Oklahoma guys got the Texas Tech Cliff Kingsbury clown beat so bad that, yeah. you know, he's walking into the end zone. So uh, you got to be leery of the Big 12. It's like I said with Rudolph. If you have concerns with Jackson, here's my issue with Kuiper and some of these other guys, Polian too. If you've got concerns with Allen, you have to have the same concerns. Or if you've got concerns with Jackson, you have to have them for Allen. And then to just not have it is just kind of being blind in a way that in this day and age, it's going to get called out. Like it, it's Lamar Jackson did it against some premier teams you know, two years ago against Clemson. He had them on the brink of, of beating a team that, that won the national title. So if we frame this appropriately um, – it, it, there's some messiness to this. And Kuyper and his mock has some bizarre things. He's got Colton Miller tackle from UCLA going 12 to the Bengals. Uh, Darius Geis at, to Detroit. Detroit is going to pick another first round running back. Um, Ronald Jones in the first round. He's pretty much of the seven guys we mentioned. The only one with Ronald Jones in the first round as well. He's got, you know, the three running backs. He's got this Christian tackle from Louisville in the first round. I don't even see him in mocks in the third third round, and he wasn't on mine until post-third round. That seems like an agent play of, oh, I'll throw you on the first mock so you get some run and some burn. And, you know, it feels like McShay's done the same thing. Not nearly as much, but still to some extent. This Trapasso clown, he's got Mayfield one to the Browns. He's got Connor Williams for the tackle to the Browns. Like That's what I'm saying. We'll get some closure with the Joe Thomas, but – the Kuiper mock just kind of reeks to me and he just keeps going through the spin cycle and just, you know, bloviating on all this bullshit. Here, here's the thing. It, it, and I, you hit the nail on the head, Sean, with the Alan Jackson comparison. And this is, if I, I could ask Kuiper one thing, I would ask him this. I would say, okay, on paper or on video. I mean, if, if you could somehow sh- show the two quarterbacks and what they do all right the knock on jackson inaccuracy last two years 60 percent okay so is allen we know that but jackson has a big arm he's probably the most athletic quarterback in the draft he's tough in the pocket he gets hit he stands in there he can run so what about allen other than the fact he has strong character and interviewed well um separates him so far from lamar jackson i don't get that either it's baffling and I think, you know, for me, Rue, Allen's got a tougher road because he's going to have higher expectations. Jackson could end up with the Saints or even a team into the third round or something or second round or something like that, where the fit all of a sudden is he's going to get groomed and be able to go at a pace that's going to be more kind of to, to what is going to benefit him in the long run. Allen, like he's going to get thrown to the fire potentially uh, with, with where he could end up. I just – I think it's a recipe for disaster. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's he's definitely going in the fire and burn if he's uh, being thrown in there right away. I mean, but I mean, you guys weren't impressed with the uh, uh, the video of him kneeling and throwing the ball fifty yards away and hitting the crossbar. No. Well, the funny thing is, is it it feels like Kuiper's back like 15 years ago because he he had, you know, a massive erection for Kyle Bowler, from what I can recall. And he's literally doing the exact same thing. He's right back into that playbook. And everybody knows that Bowler was a was a general. I mean, Billet came out and tweeted it today that they purposely looked away at all the stuff they knew were red flags with Bowler on the field, but they wanted to like him. He looked the part. He they, they just felt like he was he could play the part in practice. And then, but when the lights were on, he just never popped and shined. And meanwhile, for someone like Jackson, who are you know like him or not, and I think there's uncertainty potentially there. But at least he did it at, at you know, some level of a stage. Uh, Josh Allen, I just – it's just not there. It's never been proven. With this mock he's got going, professionally I believe that Mel Kuyper is not an idiot. But in terms of this mock, yeah, you take maybe one or two chances, and if you hit on that, then you gain some credibility as a quote-unquote expert. But with Allen and where he has Rosen, I mean, yeah. those are – and Darnold – 
those are three hits right there in the top ten that he's going to take. He has no credibility. You can't have a draft expert in a draft that, by and large, I think people would be shocked if two quarterbacks don't go in the first four picks. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Um, you know, Mar- Rue, you get another Winston, you know, or, or Marble Red before <laughs> oh, you hop back on it. for about a, about a month, man. It's brutal. <laughs> uh, you got TV or some shit. Yeah, Damn. Cowboy yeah. uh, So, and yet he's got Rosen as the fourth quarterback taken. I just, from a pure thrower of the football, guys, like it, it, this would almost feel he'd have a big stage to live up to to get to here. But if he were to go that late, that's Dan Marino going in the 20s. Like it doesn't – as a pure thrower in this day and age, when when you see guys like Matt Ryan and Brady and even Nick Foles, like that's been in the past couple Super Bowls, it, it just – it doesn't make any rational sense Nine, unless zero. he's such an absolute prick. And you read enough stuff that it's kind of like, God, it's overblown. He's confident, but he's also – he's a workaholic and, he, and he's focused on it. So – I mean, he gave up tennis for football, so he obviously loves football um, because he was pretty damn good at tennis from by all accounts. I, I just can't see a scenario where Rosen's outside the top ten. I, that's just kind of being obnoxious. It's just like we talked about in the last pod. There's going to be something that I guarantee that comes out about him with his injuries, the past concuss- concussions. You know, it could all be you know other teams wanting the fall, but, you know, all these teams are getting the medical reports, so that's the only reason you can envision a guy like that maybe falling, you know, lower than the top five. Yeah, agree, agree. And All right, so we hit the QB position. Fargi, before any last we take? wrap it up, yeah, I need to say one thing because Rue took some punches when you guys finished up that last pot on Jackson, and and I couldn't wait to get on here and make this comment. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by Rue, and I'm gonna defend Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson will be a serviceable starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't see where he's different than someone like Marcus Mariota is, and Marcus Mariota is definitely a serviceable starting quarterback in the NFL. So, Rue, uh, I'm standing by you. Oh, look it's my at teammate that. right there. It's my teammate from BTC. Oh, man, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Burris is going to, sooner or later, if he ever crawls out from the hole that he's in, um, he's going to have a take for that. But, you know, again, this guy defends Cliff Kingsbury tooth and nail so and he loves marcus mariota so i'd I'd challenge him on what the difference is in those he went to the playoffs he went to the playoffs yeah well check the stats (laughs) on brett uh all right so we hit the qb position obviously we'll keep you know diving into that let's let's shift now to the ball carriers farkas near and dear to you top five let's hear it uh barkley michelle johnson geist chubb uh, I'm going to go with Barkley, the Savage, Jones, Chubb, Michelle. So the Savage, obviously, is Darius Geis. I'm right. going Barkley, Geis, Michelle, Johnson. Uh, this is where it gets squirrely for me. Um, <clears throat> I I don't. I think there's a massive gap. I want to see how Josh Adams runs. Um, I think he's a little tall. I'm going to go Royce Freeman as my fifth back. Um, okay. And, it, it, you know, there'll be some other sleepers that will talk. I kind of like, you know, the backs at 8 through 12 more than I than I may like 6 through 10 just because it could be – you know, I don't like the Ronald Jones. I, I, I see way too I much either. Bishop Sankey there. Um, he just doesn't – he has to see the hole explicitly. He doesn't make something out of nothing. And uh, Fargay, I agree that USC did not have linemen. They had playmakers on the outside. It wasn't like he's running into eight-man boxes. If anything, it was the opposite. And he had you know, his pick of riches, uh, at least for the first five yards. I just didn't see the consistency putting the head down and roll. Sure, especially when you're playing with a quarterback like Darnold, they were definitely going to be a, a pass-first team, and that was going to be the guy that's going to beat you. So um, it's kind of the opposite of where I put uh, why I put Johnson from Auburn and uh, where I put him at. Yeah, I, li- I like Johnson a lot. He's a sneaky guy. I think he's going to grade out well size. Another guy, though, that needs to run sub-4-6, and, and that kind of goes yes. without saying many of these guys. I don't think Chubb will. I think Chubb's going to be a little 4 six, one or something like that, and I think he's going to slowly slip. Mike Mayock's got Chubb in his top five. He actually goes uh, Barkley, Geis, Jones, Michelle, Chubb. I respect Mike Mayock you know, to death, but 
Uh, he's also got Josh, Josh Allen, too. And, you know, he was banging the drum on Wentz, and now he's kind of like lukewarm in the water on the same way with it. So I, I, I don't see a lot of kind of move. I, I like Geis. He's a head-down guy that always seems to get an extra two, three yards, you know, as you really start to break him down. And a lot of people are starting to say that a little bit. I think Geis has the potential to – be the sneaky guy that goes to the Browns at the top of the second. If he could fall out of the, the first round, I think it'd absolutely be ideal for, for the Browns. You let Crowell go. The, they may Rue make a decision on Crowell though in advance. Is that feel right? Or will they maybe hold on to him maybe for a year? What do you think the Browns do there specifically? You know, I think it's come to the question is, uh, do they franchise tag him? Is that where you're getting at? Well, no, I mean, or do they just contract three years, you know, eight, do they dump money there? No, after, you know, with, unfortunately, Hugh Jackson still coming back and the comments, you know, he made about, oh, anybody could have ran through that long hole. He had a big game against Steelers. Uh, you know, he's looking for him to do something extra. Yeah, any back can hit the holes and, you know, get the yards that are there. He wants his backs to do something extra, make a guy miss, uh, put the head down, get a few more extra yards. Uh, you know, I think in, in, in Jackson's mind, uh, you know, the crow is pretty ordinary and he feels like they can get someone better at that point, either through the draft or bring someone in free agency, still get the same production they got from crow and not to pay him that kind of money. Uh, you know, I, I, I was a big crow fan, but now I'm just kind of leaning that, hey, you know, I think uh, I'd rather go elsewhere through the draft and maybe bring a, a low end free agent in and pair him up with Duke uh, and the other young kid they got there and, you know, see what you got at that point with everyone. Farky, what do you got? What do you what are you thinking? Either with the Browns, but just uh, maybe Barkley specifically. Here's the thing. I, I'm going to go a couple a couple comments. One is is, is directly with you. Just quickly, I, I just want to hear your take on this. I've been dying to ask you. Sean's you know one of our founders of the College Football Pod, so he's on there. And then also, um, I'm with Sean on a, an email group chat that uh, we talk quite a bit about uh, Cleveland sports. So with Barkley specifically, I'm, I'm just curious. I was never huge on him. I always thought he was you know probably the guy in college football that was a top running back. But if you remember early on in our College Football Pod. As a consensus, and, and really with all of us, you guys were all talking about how this guy, I mean, man, this guy could be number one Heisman Trophy winner. He's the man. I'm just kind of curious because I was never that into him, um, where he fell off for you throughout the season and why. See, it, this is and, – and I saw a tweet today that somebody was like, I'm tired of all this Barkley hate. And I think it's a total misrepresentation of the Barkley hate. People are trying to say that Barkley is like the best running back prospect since Peterson. Root and I talked this last pod, so I don't I won't go too much into it, but A, Adrian Peterson isn't a top ten pick anymore if he's in this draft. It's just the NFL's changed so much, it's just different. So I, I believe that. Secondly, Barkley actually it's better for him because he's, he catches the ball better. I don't see in between the tackles, Geis is a markedly better running back. I, I don't think and know how that's up for debate. That's also not something that's overly objectionable to Barkley because I he's got some LaShawn McCoy to him. Now, McCoy's better between the tackles, but he's maybe – Barkley's just as explosive outside the tackles. So that's a hell of a comp. I think he's a top-10 talent. I think he's going to obviously get overdrafted now. He'd be best Tampa, San Francisco – um, you know, fits there. I don't think he gets past the Browns at four. That said, I just, something has a suspicion to me that the Browns are going to get into ticket selling mode and excitement mode, and they're going to go QB running back if, if Barkley's there at four. Or Colts jump and take him. The Giants are an outside chance. I just can't imagine the Giants don't draft the quarterback. That said, I, I like Barkley. He's just not this – he's not Zeke Elliott to me. And I don't no. think that he's better than Dalvin Cook. I, Dalvin Cook was amazing last year. And everybody was kind of like, oh, yeah, we, we thought he'd be good. And it's like, well, why the hell did he go in the second round? Well, we, we didn't want him. He couldn't go in Florida. He was off people's boards. I, I thought – I think that's a case of scouts overthinking the hell out of it and just trusting gut. Like Dalvin Cook was a gamer. He's a big, you know, blocker, runner between the tackles, catch the ball – um, and people redo that. He's a top fifteen back. Barkley, I were think you? He's going to go ahead of that as a result of this like correction. 
were you higher on him going into week four of the college football season than you are today? Uh, I was higher going into the Ohio State game. And then, so from what I saw with my own eyes, um, also what I got from people, you know, in the know or that follow or that broke down film that were tied to, to some schools and stuff like that, that they respected the hell out of him, love him as a player, person, etc. But you make him block and you you kind of corral him and you play him inside the tight end in, in the box and you take your chances. And when teams are kind of so steadfast with that, uh, that, that does raise a little bit of concerns if we're talking about this mm-hmm. like transformational talent. Like this isn't Barry Sanders. No, no. Well, to me now at this point, because I'll tell you, you guys really got my got my wheels turning on uh, this number four pick when you were doing the comp to Johnson. And the more and more I've thought about it is what what a wasted pick taken yeah. at four, especially since Johnson was criminally under targeted throughout the season. Yeah, and, and I don't think there's any way that the Browns new brass would go that route. In my opinion, you know, if you look at uh, the track record there, they're they're taking the running backs, you know, in the later rounds, it seems, in the second, third, fourth round. You can still get value there. And I just don't see them going quarterback one and, and, and running back four. Maybe in the past, uh, that's something we might have done, but I just can't envision that uh, this year with the, with the new guy in charge. Unfortunately, right. And I think ultimately, if it happens for Barkley that way, I think it's going to benefit him. I think going yeah. to a Tampa, going to a San Francisco – the weird thing is he could end up having a great career and everybody's going to, you know, oh, they pass on him, they pass on him. Sometimes fits better. And Josh Rosen said that, you know, a month and a half, two months ago and got (coughs) castrated for it. But there's a hell of a lot of truth to it. Yeah. Well, do we have to, will we move Duke Johnson if they take him? No, I I think you keep Duke because he's fairly cheap, at least for a year. But the similarities between player there, it, it just becomes duplicate. Then you close. have to go out and get a big back. Or right. you think Matthew Days, but then Hugh didn't play Matthew Days, which is a whole problem into itself. He played him the first couple games of the season, and it was like, oh, this, this guy's got a little bit of pop. He led the ACC in rushing. You start to think about it. We, we're sitting on a on a stash in Dynasty with them, and we're kind of like, if this kid, kid gets a chance, he's got an opportunity. But between him and Marlon Mack, like, these coaches aren't playing these guys and these teams suck. I I don't know what the point was. The Duke Johnson thing just continues to baffle me as well. We don't need to get into that, but it's, you're right. The comp is so similar. It's, it's, it's really going to bother me. Yeah. I don't want to bring up nasty thoughts, but I've been reading here. Nasty thoughts. About going with the free agency about, uh, Hugh having a little bit of hard on for, uh, Jeremy Hill and bringing him in as a free agent just to serve as that bigger back role. And I guess he's a, he's a pretty solid pass protector. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that's done. I'm telling you, that is, that is, that is cooked well steak. Like that dude is a corpse. Yeah. I mean, it's sick just thinking about it, but I mean, it's, yeah, that's that's what I'm excited about. An AJ McCarron, Jeremy O press conference. We could take the river rats, just throw some orange and brown on them. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, the the roast of Hugh Jackson pods in the works coming up down the road, I'm sure. So yeah, yeah. And at some point, you know, Dorsey, just you can't serve serve up all these Hugh picks to be able to fire him. Like, if you want to fire him, just fire the damn guy, regardless. <laughs> like, we don't have to go through another year of uselessness um, before you prove a point. Like, we're well past that shit. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dump into wide receivers here, Rue. Top five. Let's hear it. Uh, Kirk, Sutton, Ridley, Pettis, and Washington. Okay. Farky? Ridley, Sutton, Tate, St. Brown, and Kirk. Okay. I got Ridley, Kirk, Miller, Moore, Tate. And Washington's right there with Tate. Um all right, guys, rapid thoughts. Uh, to me, I don't see any of these guys as top 12 picks. They just they don't – Ridley, Kirk, 
they don't make sense to me in the top 12. I've seen Ridley maybe the only one in there, but he's just not a transformational wide receiver. And you can't be the Bears and be picking, you know, based on need. It doesn't make any sense for where their team is. Yeah, th- this whole position just doesn't excite me one bit uh, this year. I guess, if anything, uh, you know, Sutton, maybe because he looks the part, Kirk's up there. But other than that, there's really nothing that just gets me going that, you know, I really think, like you said, any of these guys are uh, transformational players. I mean, it's just it's not an exciting group of wide receivers this year, in my opinion. Margie? Um, I, Calvin Ridley is the safest pick in the, out of this group, for sure, on an overall grade with – with the route running quickness and hands for me, he's got the highest grade. Now I do like Cortland Sutton and I did put him too. I think he's the next big red zone wide receiver. Um, Tate to me is probably a top five of all positions, most combined crucial performance guy. Um, He could probably go anywhere from one to three, but his size is great. Um, St. Brown, there's hardly anything on him, but again, the potential's there. So I kind of threw him in there. That's, that's my Mel Kuyper, um, throw it in there and kind of get lucky pick. And then that's, that's uh, the agent greasing the wheels with you and paying the, the uh, glory. <laughs> we we got to exactly. get into business. But I, here's what I'll say. I actually think St. Brown and Tate, if either get inside of four, six, four, those guys are prime candidates to late sn- sneak in, jump some of these other guys because of their size and how they play the ball with their size. Well, that, I agree with that, and I'm, I'm usually a, a big size guy, and I think the NFL has, has traditionally been a big size um, situation until you know the last ten years, where everybody's throwing these short uh, five yard passes and things, sideline passes. But um, Christian Kirk, I do like him a lot. He's the I, he, other than Ridley, who grades higher. I, he's probably the only small guy I put in here. I love Simi Cobbs from Indiana. He's probably number six for me. But Kelly Mont stinks. And so they even have the season he had. And, uh, you know, I still like him in there. He's pretty fast, too, out of all this group. He might be the fastest. But uh, the other Miller's thing is, right there. I'm not sure where just, some of these these teams are going. Like, to me, the one team that stands out of w- that you go down, go, th- go down through the list and say, okay, where could they jump? It's, uh, I, I, we need wide receiver. It's Ruse Boy, Farkey's Boy, Double J. And – that's where I start to think, okay, now we're in striking distance, and it could be a really good fit to any one of these receivers to end up in that system. Yeah, and like I mentioned, it's like it, it's really a, a flood of players in this position now in the NFL because as long as you have quickness and hands, you don't have to overpower uh, DBs anymore. You don't have to be that six two six three six four guy to put up huge numbers. I mean, you see it on almost every team. They've got a guy like that. So I – I just think it's it's a very overpopulated position now in the NFL. No, Rue, one thing I will will kind of uh, combat you with is the idea that none of these guys excite you. What I will say is, you know, Corey Coleman went eighth or ninth. Three or four of these guys could easily be better than Corey Coleman next year based mm-hmm. off what I've seen off of that, that walking broken hand. <laughs> um, so I, I do have to kind of contest that comment a little bit that – I see a lot of twos and threes or slot guys here, but it's not to say that, it, you know, a couple guys, you know, James Washington could go to to the 49ers in the second round and with Jimmy G, you know, be there two or three and blow up and then become a one in three years. Mm-hmm. Any one of these guys goes to Green Bay and they're liable to pop off. Yeah, and I'm fine with any of these guys in the second round. It's just even if I was picking later in the first round, I'd really struggle taking uh, a receiver besides outside Dallas because, you know, how Double J goes with his receivers. He's going to want someone to come in. But I just – Someone on that scoreboard, that marquee. Right. Yeah, and I'm, you're right. I'm just fine with anyone in the second round, third round, later. I just – I don't really, you know, see outside of – You see really, them all interchangeable. You just see a right. lot of the mixture the same. Yeah. And you're yeah. saying, like, I could take Hayden Hurst or uh, – the Daniels Lyman, Billy Price. If I'm in the mm-hmm. 20s, I want to take somebody that I know when it comes back around to me, I'm not going to be able to get premium at that position. Exactly. I can still get premium at the position is, mm-hmm. is how you're looking at this. Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. I think our hot take here, though, at least for me, and you even mentioned it too, Sean, is if Tate and St. Brown 
perform well <laughs> in that combine. And if they both played for USC, you'd see ridiculous numbers for either one of those guys. They were both in tough quarterback positions. Tate with have, not having one, and St. Brown with being a running quarterback and a running team. Yeah, and he had a better year the year before. And um, Tate had a shoulder injury all year. But he played through it, which I think from the NFL perspective is going to go a long way. Uh, let's jump to tight ends. So we're going to do tight ends and then uh, tackles and then kind of interior line here um, while we kind of then push to, to wrap this up. It's not been as edgy thus far, but uh, let's get into the tight ends. I, I look at, honestly, somebody, one of these guys, maybe two of them are going to go at the back end of the first. I'm not a big fan of this tight end crop, but I think there's guys here that are going to play eight to ten years at the same time. I think Hayden Hurst is my one. Um, the Godert kid, I think South Dakota State. Uh, he's tied with Gesicki for me. I, I like Gesicki if he goes to the right team. New England would be perfect for him. I think Philly would be really good, but they're kind of overloaded. But they may lose Trey Burton. Um, I don't. I just don't think Mark Andrews is going to run well. I his best hope is in some way somehow he can you know maybe go to Dallas in the third round or something and, and be kind of groomed by, uh, by Jason Witten. Um, I, I maybe like the Brennanman kid from, from Massachusetts. I got to see what he ends up doing. Here's, here's my fifth Ryan is Florida state. He, he's going to, you know, be a sixth or seventh round guy and he's going to play 10 years in the league. Really good blocker came out a year early Shitty quarterback situation, as we just alluded to. Ryan Izzo is a major sleeper and was open all the time this past year and even the year before. Farky? This this class is kind of boring to me, maybe to like Rue was with the wide receivers, but I think Hurst is at the head. Um, Andrews have the same point as you. I think he's a little slow. I'll be curious to see how he runs, but I think the talent's there. Um, Schultz, just because, you know, coming from that program, they do spit tight ends out over in Stanford. I like it for uh, Troy Fumagalli from Wisconsin. Or, um, yeah, Wisconsin, right? Um, I don't know. He, he seemed to have uh, the last two seasons, um, especially comparing the two, very similar. Uh, I think he'll surprise some people. He blocks well. Uh, which I think is important in the NFL. Uh, and then I, I put Jordan Nakins fifth. Um, I like Smythe and Goder, but both of them, from what I read, have some medical concerns. Uh, I don't know if that'll matter. It might scare people away, I guess is my point. But those are my five. Yeah, I was going to touch on a few, and I, I th- think I agree with everyone that Hurst is far and away the number one uh, out of the position group. Uh, he's the best overall. I think of everyone. Uh, Gasecki is my number two. You know, I, I love. I think he's gonna be matching nightmare, and I agree. You know, perfect spot for him somewhere like a New England, where they'll just, uh, you know, use him in matchup situations, kind of like they did when they had both Gronk and Hernandez back in the day. And then, you know, Andrews, I think is my number three. Uh, I think he's just a solid, solid tight end. And uh, Sean, you had brought it up, uh, Dallas, and I, I have had that pay uh, for him for a while. I think that's a good uh, landing spot for him. And they're certainly looking for playmakers. So absolutely, um, yeah, something to watch there. You know, we won't. I think we need to see some of these guys run and shake out, um, measure up, see how how kind of they perform there. So I, there could be some fluidity to this, but um, you know, we hit on quite a bit of them and and kind of beat it to death. So let's shift over. Rue, your favorite, you lead it off. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I'm starting number one with Williams uh, from Texas. He's young. I think he's just going to turn 20 here uh, soon. I think he's got somewhere to grow. Uh, I'm going to go Zeus's kid, number two. I think he's just a big, strong mammoth of a man that's going to fit in. I, I look for him to land somewhere like Baltimore. He's going to be a mauler. Uh, then go McGlinchey, uh, maybe ranking Crosby to, to take things off. But really, you know, there's one guy that's uh, – above everyone else and that's the interior lineman i'll wait uh till we get to them to really uh you know do my thing arky what do you got i got uh mcglinchy one in fact i'm gonna actually i'm gonna preface these by saying that it, to me i think this is just a, a bad group in terms of lack of strength and what, what i'm looking for when i'm looking at offensive linemen especially on the outside is i want to i want awesome feet and I want them to be able to run block. I want them to meet people at the point of attack. And I think there's only a couple guys in this group that do that. Um, I got McGlinchey one. I got uh, Brown two. I'm, I'm putting Wynn in this group here at three. 
um, ranking four and Williams five. But after after McGlinchey, there's there's some uh, athletic and strength issues with some of these guys. I, I do not like Connor Williams at all, but I'm going to put him five just because I think it's a it's a lack of talent group. Yeah, I just think Williams has got some ceiling to grow, and he's so young that uh, uh, I agree that it's kind of a you know, less than which uh, optimal class. But I think a potential uh, he might once he grows uh, uh, be the best of the bunch. You know, one thing we and actually I wanted to talk it in receiver, so I'll just jump real quick. He Calvin Ridley's like 23, 23 and a half. Like he is super, super old. He couldn't play like the last half of his senior year in high school because <laughs> he was too damn old. Uh, so take that, you know, for whatever it is. I think he's like twenty three months younger than than or older than Juju Smith Schuster. So think about that a little bit um, from a matter of perspective. Um, well, you can also you can also roll that into the fact he's probably stupid because he probably failed twice. It's probably well, it's probably conveniently held back. That's yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> it, it was funny because I think him he and his brother basically came out in like the same high school class, but he had his brother by like two years, which is just utterly bizarre. But uh, for me, I'm going Zeus's kid one. Um, I just think like if you're going to look at these guys, and I agree. Colton Miller's not ready strength-wise. Um, Brian O'Neill's not even close. I don't think Crosby is. I'm not sure that that Connor, well, I, Connor Williams isn't either. Rankin is, but I don't know what his ceiling is. Uh, so I'm going Zeus's kid, McGlinchey. I think McGlinchey's a premium right tackle. If he plays left tackle and can sustain there in, in the, um, the pros, then he's going to be neck and neck with um, Orlando Brown. I'm going to say Rankin three, Williams four, and I'm going to take the kid from Western Michigan just because I don't know enough about him to have enough faults yet, uh, or Rocka four, um, just because the other guys, I just don't see it. Mel Kuyper's boy, Jaron Christian, 6'6", 315. I think he's the same damn player as Colton Miller. Um, as far as athletically, he's just not there. Now, you know, maybe one of these guys will be the uh, who's who's the Joe Staley kid and, and kind of, you know, pop in, in two years. But uh, I'm dubious. And, and I think if you're doing that, you're taking some risks. So it's going to be fascinating to watch play out. But, uh, yeah, I don't have much with it. I'm not a huge, huge fan of the tackle class. Let's go inside. All right. Rue, lead it off. It's only one day we way. need to talk about it's Quentin Nelson. He's going to be a monster. Uh, you know, I like uh, a current player, you know, that kind of comp is a Marshall Yonda from Baltimore, uh, who's, if you ever watch him play, probably top five, one of the nastiest players in the NFL. And I think Nelson's right up there with him. Uh, he's, I think he's a generational talent. Uh, he should, he's a top five player in the draft. Uh, I just, I, I don't have enough good things to say about the guy. I think he is far and away uh, the best lineman prospect in this draft. Uh, you know, some other guys, uh, we talked about winning a little bit, but, you know, Billy Price is an interesting one. Is he a guard or center? I lean more that he's probably more a guard at this point, uh, if you had to ask me. Uh, but, you know, I think he's a nice player at Ohio State. But, uh, you know, other than that, uh, I just really wanted to focus on Nelson. I, I can't say you don't even want to give him. a top five. You're just giving Nelson. Just watch his game against LSU. And just watch. I mean, that's just pure joy uh, for any offensive line lover. I mean, it's, it's so Rue got his cherry pop last week. I think Nelson was the guy that popped the cherry because Rue's been on him yes. and he's been very, very adoring to uh, to Mr. Nelson and and his praise, no doubt. Now, what I will say is it's damn warranted. So, Farky, what do you got? I've got Nelson. I've got Billy Price too. I, I I love Billy Price. I think he's that guy that just just does his thing, perseveres, just gets the job done. I think he's going to be one of those ten to twelve year guys. So I got Billy Price too, uh, Braden Smith, Hernandez, and then Wing Five. So I got Nelson. I got uh, Isaiah Wynn from Georgia. The only thing that concerns me about him is he's six two. It better be a legit six two. He better not come in a little bit skinnier or a little bit shorter. Excuse me. Um, I, I, I like, uh, Will Hernandez, UTEP, <clears throat> Billy Price and Braden Smith. And I think tied with Billy Price actually is the Daniels kid from Iowa. 
because I think there's some. I, I think Price is more of a center personally, um, but I can see guard as well. And, and Daniels is kind of the same way from Iowa, the center guard combo. I think you can kind of can't go wrong either way. Yeah, and I agree. I think I think there's added value in a Billy Price or a Will Hernandez because those guys can flip flop between two positions. You talked about Billy Price between guard and center. I think Will Hernandez has the potential <laughs> to play tackle if he has to at three forty. He's just a little undersized. It's height wise. I think he's around six two, six three. Yeah, I think you look at the guards. You can see anywhere from I think three go in the first round. Um, I think as much as five could go. When I look at the tackles, I think. Two probably go for sure. Maybe they can get to four that go in the first. I, I think it's probably closer to two to three go in the first round. Tight end, maybe one or two. Receiver, one to three. Running back, one to three. Quarterback, four to six. Um, I, I, just looking at the lay of the land now, that'll be something kind of we'll revisit. Uh, because I, I, I think as you start to look at the other positions, there's just... <coughs> D tackle, D end, linebacker. It's just like three, three, three at least, and in two to three safeties go in the first round as well. So you start to get to that thirty-two pretty damn quick. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys. Uh, you know we hit some of the things there. We didn't really kind of attack anybody yet. Um, I think that's because I didn't drink tonight, uh, so we'll have to incorporate some alcohol the next go around uh, at the very least. So when we you can get, get a little bit. This, uh, yeah. Yeah, we get Mark on it, and obviously he doesn't have the Browns taking a quarterback, so we'll touch on that when, when we circle back. He's got the River Rat, A.J. McCarron, kind of running the ship, and he's not thrilled with it either. So part of the reason we're not you know, getting at each other's throats is we've got some level of agreement in here, and you know, we can only get pissed at Mel Kuyper so much because you know, he's cashing checks and we're not necessarily. But uh, I actually have a Buckeye Vodka party coming up Saturday night, so uh, we'll be kind of trying to work back into that sponsor game. Uh, might be working on, um, I guess there's some posh website where you can sell some stuff, but uh, you might get some spon- mini sponsorship from them in, in some regard. So maybe some things coming as far as you know income into the uh, revenue or revenue stream coming into the to the NEG pod uh, and and all of our our uh, brand sooner or later here we got to get an accounting sponsorship um Rue. i think i might know Very someone to be able to do that yeah we can't go h&r block right that's right now you got to go with the real thing tax act <laughs> freedom uh, uh fark you know any any kind of final takeaways from from a draft perspective i know we didn't really get into you know ups down up and down with players but maybe post combine we can kind of hit on that a little bit yeah i'm looking for the combine here and i think uh me you and mark are going to get together and watch i think either friday or saturday kind of you maybe doing a little quick pod at that point but uh we'll be a lot clearer than i think the week following starts in the free agency so uh, in the next two or three weeks, we're really going to have a better idea where a lot of these guys are going to be uh, be going, or at least, at least give our, our thoughts and uh, uh, have more to talk about, I think, at that point. One thing to preference I, with the Combine is don't get hooked. All these guys, yeah, oh, they start hyping. You still have to – like tape still matters. But measurables, you know, reading between the lines with stuff, you know, Sometimes like you don't hear anything from Denzel Ward, but he has a great run and, and works out and, and, and kind of comps out well, but you don't hear anything or he doesn't move up mocks. Lock him into the top 10 because sometimes silence is, is the best form of, of flattery when it comes to the NFL draft. I'm looking forward to the, uh, the, the Dion takes on the, on the combine draft. He's fascinating when it comes to DBs and footwork and everything. Oh. Burris was trying to say he, he he couldn't coach or you know be able to do any of that because he doesn't he know kind of technique. And then you watch like ten videos and you're like, this dude's up there with Saban when it comes to like understanding footwork, you know, avoiding extra steps, hand placement, body positioning. Um, so you know, and just another thing with Osweiler as well as countless other things that. That our uh, fearless editor is so dead wrong. At. <laughs> I, I another thing I want to ask you. I saw uh, today that they're replacing um, Gruden with Herb Street. I don't know how I feel about that on the just draft for the numbers. draft. Just yeah. for the draft. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, who knows? I know I, how I feel about it. Thank sucks. God. Uh, you you like Gruden, huh? No, Gruden sucks. I can't oh, wait man. to watch him in the NFL now. Lose. <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he. Um, 
comes into this new era. He's already bitching about the rules and how he can't meet with players and stuff. So uh, what John wants and what the rules allow for might not jive that well. So, uh, And he seems like a guy that you know has fun with a little bit of adversity. So that's going to be fascinating to watch in and of itself. You know what's great is something I saw the other day about Gruden is they did they did the thing where okay you've you've got takes on three hundred quarterbacks and probably seventy percent of them were inaccurate when it was all said and done but they show the one about Carson Wentz oh you liked Carson Wentz no kidding nice guy threw the ball well and now he's you know validates his expertise as a quarterback guru yeah well meanwhile I love Johnny Manziel loved all these guys he loves everybody and then meanwhile he's one of the worst coaches. When what you quarterback like, did he ever guru? That's, he that's didn't like <laughs> any quarterback. Rich Gannon and him hated each other. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I got one last take. I just thought, you know who your comp is tonight, Rue? Who? You know, you see that movie Cool Hand Luke? Great movie. <laughs> no? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. If, if, you have, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Cool <coughs> Hand Luke is cool. He goes. There we go. There we go. Cool Hand Luke is in jail. His mom comes to visit him. It's back in the 40s or 50s, and she gets pulled up in a pickup truck, and she's laying in the bed. She's bedridden because she's dying of tuberculosis or something because she yeah. smokes so many cigarettes, and she's there choking her lung out, coughing, and still um, smoking away. That's you tonight. Except yeah. That reminded me of the dude from Green Mile when he'd suck uh, the shit out of people, and then he would cough and shit like that. Like that's it, that's what Rue's doing. He's a, you know that's the type of annoyance that he's creating tonight. Jeez, then they yeah. shit my ass off to Molly Stark if that was still open. That's that shit, to get there. <laughs> cool hand, Luke. Sometimes nothing can be a pretty cool hand. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, uh, yeah, good catch up, good info, and we'll we'll get back into the fold. We'll get a little feistier for the listeners. I I know we got some folks out there that were expecting us to eviscerate some of these guys, but yeah, we're it's trying coming. to make. Make a little name, make a little brand for ourselves. We can't go trashing these guys just yet. We'll wait until we get closer and then stab them in the spine. Yeah, I'm trying to let the smoke clear on old Willie for a couple weeks here. Hey, man, I know you, you're following <laughs> along with all that Willie love. Like, I'm all in on Willie Taggart. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> let you with know. with Bobby Bowden today, and Bobby Bowden was raving about him. Ooh. Oh, man. They love him down here, I can tell. They love him in Tampa. Uh, dude, he he ran Team Tampa. That, that or he was part of like that that um, seven on seven team kind of coming into the into into big time. And he's a lifelong Wolf fan too from South man. Florida. So man, they're doing hey, no just thanks. I just talked to a big big uh, U uh, U of M booster, and he was bitching up a storm about those two recruits. Will Willie just stole Briggs? Yeah, Briggs was one of them, and um, uh, Samuel. Uh, Sante yep. Samuel. Well, Sante Samuel, oh, his boy, his boy's got some film that, he, like, he might be five nine, but he meaner than a hornet. <laughs> so I'm all over the Knowles. I'm back. I'm done with Jimbo's fried ass. <laughs> oh man! All right, fellas, we'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll get back after this uh, coming up here within the next week, two weeks. Get a couple of them out. Y'all keep living. And uh, keep up with us on the Glory Podcast at Twitter, at Glory Podcast. Uh, Luke Grilly had a, had a podcast earlier this week talking Dynasty from a fantasy perspective. We'll come back with some stuff next week. Look for an article posting out on this mock draft, kind of post some of this stuff, as well as what, um, you know, maybe I don't know if we can post like what the experts have because, you know, ESPN Insider and all that bullshit. But maybe we might do that just to, just to make them send us. Stir the pot. Shit. Yeah, just like too short. Um, So we'll go from there. And uh, until we meet again, fellas, have a good one. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. New shield.